Welcome to Journey Under 30, a roadmap drawn on discovery. I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And this is our podcast about us doing what we can to be named in a future Forbes 30 Under 30. Alex, how are okay. you? Okay, well, I'm doing great. Uh, we have Freaky Friday'd ourselves <laughs> into an unfortunate situation. Oh, uh, no. I am now Lindsay Lohan, uh, and I'm, and I'm usually <laughs> Jamie, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, so, yeah, so other than the Freaky Friday situation... Wait, yes, wait, are you calling me the Lindsay Lohan of us, of our pair? Yeah, I, I think if one of us is going to be the more chaotic one, it's definitely not me. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so um, besides the Freaky Friday situation, though, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, what good. about you? Well, I've been doing I've been doing pretty good actually. I uh, it's been kind of a busy week, so I have been able to really take care of the things I usually do, like with the Linda courses and with things like that. But I'm getting through. So awesome, awesome. So what have you been working on then, if if since you've been so busy? Well, um, let's see. I have been. I don't know if I'd mentioned, but I've recently picked up uh, jazz guitar lessons again, since that's something I've been wanting to do for a while. And I figured, well, I might as well just take the plunge. Um, I've also been. I don't know if I'd mentioned this previously, but my fiance and I are in the middle of planning a wedding and looking for a house. So that kind of throws a wrench into everything. But right. you know, every it, everything in its own time. So. Yeah, I definitely feel you on kind of having the busy week. Um, it's been a little bit of a whirlwind here as well. The week did somewhat fly by, which was uh, kind of nice. Something yeah. that we've talked about at the beginning of this year was talking about being better at things like delegation. Mm-hmm. So I've definitely been doing better on that. I've been asking for more help, um, not just from you know from you, but from other people on the network or people outside yeah. of the network. Uh, we have a couple kind of really cool things happening that will one of them we'll get into during the uh, ad break here in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, basically, there is a new show joining the network, which is awesome. Yeah, um, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, you know, I've been working with you and a couple other people on things like some music and some design work that needs to be done. I also finished a video editing, uh, pathway, I guess you could call it. Um, I think that's what they call them rather on Linda. So, you know, I've definitely been doing a whole bunch of like learning in the classroom as well as outside of the classroom and just been working on a lot of really great things. Um, the last one I think actually will probably be okay to, announce before we do like uh, we've sort of been teasing a little bit anyway online um but uh it's not titled yet we're actually kind of in the process of workshopping this but the eighth show to join the network uh that'll happen in either the end of this month or more than likely the beginning of april uh the whole network is going to be doing a monster of the week series yeah and we're doing like a rotating cast, rotating DM sort of situation. Um, I have a couple things on how we can sort of keep things rolling and kind of keep things connected. But other than mm-hmm. that, it's just going to be a lot of the way that the previous story is written and works out. That kind of changes, I guess, the lore that other people will be able to use. And I think that's going to be exciting because it's not just going to be, you know, continuous episodes of shows of you and me working together. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the reads working together all the time or based, what, whoever has a host will always work. You know, it'll be you'll have an episode where, you know, Morgan of Academy Outcasts might be with Lindsay of Historical Hotties and then be paired up with Graham Thompson. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, so not you know, Graham. so like, yeah, not Graham. Uh, but I mean, you know, you get the point. So it's like people that you wouldn't probably, I think, normally see or hear together doing these mm-hmm. things and kind of being thrust into situations uh, of peril and doom. Uh, and I, I'm really looking forward to that because I have written the first two arcs and i actually have a third idea that i started working on last night it doesn't mean that that's going to be the third one that you hear it's just a third one for at some point um because i think morgan actually might have an idea for a storyline so that'll be cool oh um and the last thing i'll say is we do have a couple other really cool things that we're working on that are kind of in the pipelines and i kind of hate to sometimes tease things and not actually say them but at the same time it's that thing of i kind of want to get people to understand that some really cool things are happening behind yeah. the scenes and in a little over 2 months we're going to have something really big go down and like i'm i just i'm getting super excited and i can't wait I am too. until the point in which i can actually tell people what it is cuz right now i'm sort of sworn to secrecy but like i'm really looking forward to this well you know what colin i'm not we're having a baby oh my god what <laughs> You didn't know? I think, actually, haven't we made this joke before? I think we have, actually. Whoops. <laughs> I think there's, somewhere there's an episode where, at the break, I said, we have some news, and you're like, it's a boy, and I was like, nope, not that's quite right, the... That's right, yeah. That's I'll not have to quite take the, the one news. off the list of jokes I always tell. Yeah. Oh, dang it. I didn't cross that one off already? Oh, shoot. Oh, man. I missed my opportunity. All right. Um, so, without further ado, let's get into the, the meat of the whole thing. What do you say? I'm kind of liking the bread, actually. No? no? Okay, let's go into it. Joining us this week, we have a very special guest, uh, the frontman, the lead singer, the songwriter, the everything in between uh, of Stacked Like Pancakes. It's Kellen McKay. Hello. Hi there. How you doing? We're doing great. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing just fine. It was kind of a lazy Sunday morning for me, I guess, with uh, daylight savings. So it took me a while yeah. to get out of my bed yeah, once same. I realized... We lost that hour, but uh, I made some coffee. Absolutely. I'm good to go. <laughs> awesome. So I guess we'll start off with, like, I guess the traditional like band interview first question. So um, how long have you been doing Stacked Like Pancakes? Uh, so I started the band in 2007. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we weren't going, especially when I started the band, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I want to do this band for the rest of my life. Um, so it was kind of like intermittent or like, you know, not a super serious thing for the first few years and then we started playing concert venues and some uh, some like town festivals and stuff like that and that's really Mm -hmm. when it started to develop but i guess that's uh just over 10 years total wow Wow. that's fantastic that's kind of uh where you started right so Mm -hmm. where from that time to now right um kind of what's been sort of basically the brief history of the band uh well, like I said, we, we started out um, in high school. It was basically just with a couple friends that had heard of ska music before in high school. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we played like uh, the town festival and we played like Battle of the Bands at the high school. We ended up winning one year. Um, and so that, that kind of like uh, it, it, our first show at a concert venue, the now... Uh, the, the long non-existent uh, record theater in Towson. Mm. Um, that was our first real show, like at a venue. And wow. that's really what sparked it for me to, to grow a love for the live performance setting. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. And over the course of time through high school and college, um, especially once I got to Towson University, that's when I really started to 
um, well, it, it was a long journey to find the, you know, find band members who were as passionate about it as I was and loved their instruments as much as I did and, and wanted to improve and wanted to further the, the, you know, the, this idea of the band. So, um, you know, over the course of time, it's probably been about, uh, 30 or so band members that have come and gone. Um, with each of the different uh, instruments and uh, instrumentation has changed over times uh, on many occasions too. Um, but yeah, so through um, high school into college and the band member changes, you know, once I got towards the end of my time at Towson, so like 2013, 14, I really knew that uh, this is what I was going to be putting my focus in for the rest of my career in music performance. Um, and, uh, we started to make some opportunities happen for ourselves and got things like, um, uh, we got the Meriwether Post Pavilion run, uh, show at Warp mm-hmm. Tour and that sparked a huge love for festivals and that kind of a setting and, um, started to do some DIY tours of our own. Um, really, really started to love touring and, and we've been touring basically since I graduated in 2014, 2015 or so. Hell yeah. Um, so what's, so we're sorry, let me back this up real quick. So on this show, um, we talk a lot about careers that are, uh, noteworthy, right? Whether they are something that's already been noticed by Forbes on their 30 under 30 lists, or maybe it's people who are now older than 30 and Forbes wasn't doing this back when they were younger. Um, so we talk a lot about finding a way to make your mark on the world, right? Um, so something that we talk about each week is very frequently like the steps that people take to get to those major milestones. So what sort of steps did you take to get from that point where you had a band that maybe wasn't all fully into it to the point now that you're at now, whether that's networking or, you know, the marketing, basically all the tools that you have in your shed. Um, so in terms of finding the right personnel and finding the right bandmates, I think it was, uh, I, from the beginning of the band, I, I, I knew that I felt the most comfortable in, 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 I could feel anyway that I was the most comfortable in, uh, uh, the, the position of being the leader of the group. And, um, I kind of naturally grew into that role very quickly. And I, I also knew as a part of that role that if I was really going to be taking this seriously, then I would need to find, uh, band members who were also taking it equally as seriously and we're uh trying to grow so that ended up leading to you know some band members in the past have been fired uh but then also it's not so ugly and some people have you know naturally found themselves to just not be uh, as passionate about it or about their instrument and grow out of it and that you know it's perfectly fine too if uh there are other uh there's another path that they want to take with a different career um Mm -hmm. so there was that over time, but I think, uh, I think the big milestones really, um, happened over the last few years with, uh, um, you know, uh, well, first of all, I guess beginning with 2014 and going into 15, um, it was kind of the first time that we could, uh, say that, yes, we can, we can continue to do this band without a record label where we funded our, um, was actually our second Kickstarter, mm-hmm. uh, for, uh, we reached the goal of $10,000 to, uh, record our second studio album. Um, 
And I do think that, you know, the majority of those backers on the Kickstarter were friends and family. We weren't really even like a regional band, let alone national at that time. So we didn't have a reach across the country um, to have fans to support it. So uh, our fan base was more like our uh, well, we definitely did have fans who supported the Kickstarter, but it was a lot of also uh, friends and family base who were supporting our dreams. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, that, you know, that led to we were just able to have um, put out another record of all different kinds of, of uh, you know, types of songs on that album. And that created all kinds of opportunities stemming from that release because it wasn't really like a ska album. And we started playing uh, festivals and, and you know, uh, going to launch music conference in Lancaster, PA, which created all kinds of opportunities for us. We could meet uh, networking and, and with networking and, and meeting all kinds of different people, um, including the Vans Warped Tour founder, Kevin Lyman. Um, wow. That that was really uh, that was a big milestone for us, for sure. Just meeting him and uh, he came out and saw our set that night and uh immediately invited us to to hop on the warp tour that following summer so um uh it's 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 i think it's been uh uh a little bit of luck and but I, the way i like to think of it, it is like forced luck you know you have to you, you have <laughs> yeah, to make sense <laughs> yeah you you have to you have to persevere you have to be relentless especially in the music industry mm-hmm. and you kind of have mm-hmm. to you have to make you have to make luck happen. It almost feels like at times, like Certainly. you can't, you know, you're not just going to sit back and expect opportunities to happen. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things about the music industry is that you can be working so hard. That's why it is luck because you can be working so hard and it's almost like you're working and you're blind and you don't yeah. know what the next successes are going to be for yourself necessarily. Uh-huh. So, uh, it can be very, very, very frustrating at times because of that. But I've also found that the more successes we have, the more achievements we have under our belt, the more we can kind of see the future, uh, the more at ease we are and the more, uh, you know, assets and, and personnel and great people we have to work with to the point where now we have, um, I have an agent, I have an assistant, I have a personal assistant, I have, mm-hmm. uh, uh, well, we're working on uh, getting a manager, but we had a manager for five years and, and she was wonderful. And so I have this kind of like pool of people that is growing and expanding and, and who, who we can, who can, uh, are happy to join in on the vision because they see what we're working on. So, um, the milestones are kind of, uh, they started out few and far between and now they're kind of building and building. It's really exciting. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, and real quick, before we move on to the next thing, I just wanted to point out um, that, you know, speaking of like major milestones for like touring and stuff like that, uh, it's been fun as a fan of the band to watch it go from um, sort of these uh, DIY tours that were maybe not always headlining. Uh, some of them were kind of, you know, kind of for lack of a better term, like middle spots, you know, yeah. um, and then going to do some headlining tours that were doing very well to doing warp tour to doing a tour with real big fish um and then now the current tour that's coming up um which is again a headlining tour but um i think it's uh definitely as far as the personal headlining tours this one feels definitely much larger than any of them so it's just like a a great sign of growth i think yeah absolutely and i i i love 
being able to point out too, you mentioned the Real Big Fish tour. We, we got that tour, um, before we had an agent, you know, which I learned mm-hmm. later how unheard of that is. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, because, you know, at the time we were just, I, I, you know, I was sending, uh, Real Big Fish's agent and manager emails like, well, way, way too much, but <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> but, how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so that was, um, that was, I, again, I didn't realize it at the time how big of an accomplishment that was because we were representing ourselves. We didn't have an agent you know, selling the band on our behalf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, it was just, it was just me and, and our manager at the time, uh, who just trying to sell, well, really bug the hell out of them until, Honestly, like I even talked to Aaron Barrett, the uh, the uh, songwriter, guitarist of uh, Real Big Fish, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Yeah, you were uh, you were pretty persistent." <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I was." But you know, you do what you have to do to make those hop- opportunities happen, especially Certainly. when you don't have uh, um, uh, an agent uh, who has all the networks and knows the people right. like we, we didn't, we didn't have any networks of, and did, we didn't know anybody in the industry who could help us book that stuff for us. But it's kind right. of, it's those opportunities, those like big achievements that built up over the course of a couple of years that led us to, you know, the agent we have now, she was like, she was thrilled to take us on because of those achievements that we had under our belt with that we, that we made for ourselves with, without an agent, without, you know, all these other people. So, been great absolutely makes sense so i guess um taking a step back to your latest release strange creatures uh so you had mentioned this was kind of not necessarily a step away from ska but more of like i guess a different approach to it if that's like an evolution almost yeah yeah i think well i don't know i think a lot of our fans are going to disagree with that it to me as a songwriter and Mm -hmm. as someone who has seen uh you know 10 plus years of the band yeah. and mm-hmm. and uh it, it has been a natural progression it has been a natural evolution like when we when i wrote the first album i wanted to be a ska band i wanted to be real big fish i wanted to be streetlight manifesto mm-hmm. lesson jake mm-hmm. big d and the kids table i wanted to be those guys because i was yeah. going to their concerts but um you know as I've grown as a person again we're talking about a decade yeah. so I, as I've grown as a person as I've become more uh like uh, uh uh individualized and uh i know more about what's going on in the world just mm-hmm. to put it ma- nice and vague uh <laughs> uh yeah. like i i uh yeah it's i mean it, it has been a progression of i i think the this the maybe the simplest way of putting it is that this album is going to be a lot more um worldly is 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 i think that's the best way i would put it and i think that uh uh, under this the the genre of ska music you're kind of limited with uh maybe i don't know i i i get the sense that you're kind of limited with the subject matter because it has a connotation definitely because like if you're if everything's ska and everything's on the if the guitars are always on the upbeat you know, you can sing about things that are depressing. You can sing about things that are happy, but like the the context of the the texture of the music is kind of almost always the same. But I yeah. feel like with with rock, saying that we're a brass rock band and saying that we're a rock band, I can have some of those elements 
in some of those songs and and you know showcase so many more elements that that interest me and and so uh so many more uh influences and inspirations that i have um mm-hmm. uh that can that can be combined to create what i think is going to define our sa- our sound for stack like pancakes Absolutely. Certainly. So I guess if you were to kind of chart the branding for Sack Like Pancakes, I I was going to say, chart it as a brand, I guess it's kind of redundant. So I guess it would be starting more as, um, more like starting more as like the typical ska band, because I mean, that was really what you were looking up to, but now kind of leading it more into a more diverse sort of ska influenced but it's kind of like you're taking this kind of the same instrumentation, but then you're just like putting it into context, right? Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I I definitely you know to to kind of talk about the evolution thing before we move on to the next thing. I think it it's definitely a thing of um, whether you want to like uh, not you specifically, but like whether the people out there um, are going to use their judgment or their you know the way that they connotate, you know, genre and stuff like that, whether they're going to say that, you know, ska has started off as, you know, ska, then the the revival, then third wave, whether you want to call this for the whatever you would want to call a fourth wave or not, uh, it's definitely a thing where I think we're starting to see, uh, you know, especially you guys kind of leading this mm-hmm. front here, but leaving more of the real big fish era, um, not that they're not great because they are, right? You know, right. I fucking love them. But the thing is, is that now we're getting more towards the Foo Fighters side of the world. And um, I mean, you know, if to real quick, I, I guess is almost like if you think of the band Chicago, mm-hmm. right? Um, obviously, they weren't um, they weren't a jazz band and they weren't a ska <laughs> band, right? And, you know, you can't call them like rock rock, but I mean, they were certainly a like kind of basically 70s 80s rock band that had horn players yeah and i think that that's starting to kind of be this more modern 2010s the you know 10s and 20s era with uh rock and roll with with brass um and uh you know i again i just i think as all of us are you, you musicians here and so i think that for us it's always kind of a fun topic to kind of talk about how music progresses and how it changes with the times Especially for those who don't want to go the route of having a, um, or maybe not necessarily not wanting to, but for those who don't go the route of having a record label, uh, because record labels very drastically change the way people listen to music. Right. Um, so kind of allowing yourself to sort of take the reins on that is 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 always pretty uh, fantastic. Um, but that being said, right, you know, as as a front man, right, you know, you are the one who's sort of taking the reins on it and kind of trying to steer it. Uh, so for you, what has been your biggest challenge personally, you know, whether it's uh, balancing running a band and also being in it or, you know, just whatever I guess kind of comes to mind with that question? Yeah, I I think you kind of nailed it, actually. I mean, it's been uh, it. Uh, so our, our, our former manager who was with us for five years, um, it, it, she is, well, the only reason she's no longer our manager is because we were growing so quickly and she had her career with Live Nation and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's a part of it just from her end. She, she, we were growing and she was growing with her job and she couldn't handle both. And it was perfectly, uh, you know, perfectly, you know, a mutual understanding of, of the situation and she had right. to step down. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I think for me, after she left, I was, I was, uh, content. I still am content with taking on those, uh, managerial duties. Um, I actually really enjoy it. I, 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 I love the business end of things. Um, I, I love, uh, you know, running the business during the day, uh, you know, behind the scenes, off the stage. I love everything that has to do with that, um, uh, uh, in terms of running a band and the business. Um, but as much as I love it, I'm realizing that the, the, the more that we grow, uh, the harder it is for me to do those things the best I can while still being the artist, the performer and the songwriter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact is I'm, I'm almost done writing the new album. Um, but like in the last week and a half alone that we've just announced the Kickstarter, I really haven't been writing anything. I've just been focusing putting all of my effort and energy into right. raising funds for the Kickstarter. And that's, that's a little frightening, um, because I need to continue to write. So the struggle really is, and has always been balance. I mean, I can remember, um, when I was in college, I almost dropped out a few times because I, I was still playing shows with the band. And I was like, you know, I know that this is what I need to do is play shows with my band. Why am I getting a degree in percussion orchestral percussion why am i wasting my time um i'm so glad that i i finished that and got that degree uh but uh i I, yeah so it was a it was a struggle with balance then and 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 it's becoming a struggle with balance now um and that's actually something that we're going to be working on by the end of 2018 um to to make sure that we have uh, a manager that can help uh join in on the vision and help me fulfill it Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that that's a similar challenge, like as a band? So, like, say, finding balance between, I mean, I, I guess for you, as you'd mentioned, it's more of a balance between like the creative aspect and business aspect. Is that a, is that a similar thing for the group as a whole? Um, I think, I don't know if I could specifically speak for everybody else in the band. I know we mm-hmm. all have our unique challenges like yeah. just as an example um zach my bass trombonist he has a baby <laughs> yeah um and so, yeah. you know that's you know uh having a child is pretty important and uh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, so so you know well, he has to qu- take care of that and, <laughs> and we're also you know going on tour and stuff so i think in in you know i know that my uh other trombonist andy and uh uh, trumpet player Alec, they just recently moved in with their, uh, girlfriends, uh, into apartments. So, and, you know, that's, that's a big milestone for them and for anybody mm-hmm. in a relationship. And so everybody kind of has their own, uh, unique challenges. I think balance is, will really always be, uh, the challenge. And, and I don't, I don't think that's unique to what we're doing either. I think, sure. uh, everybody, right. everybody can kind of relate to that in some, in some fashion. All right, so, you know, kind of going off the joke from earlier, if that was the bread and the meat, I guess this is the cheese that, for some weird reason, you put in between 
the double patties. For some reason, you're not putting cheese on top of the other one. I don't Colin, know. Colin, that was my joke. Jesus. All right, let's just I, get into it. All right. I knew you were gonna. I knew you were gonna try and make some joke about cheese not being in the middle. So I had to try and make it a double patty situation. I had to diffuse it before you got there. Why? Do, why do you do this to me? All right. So our first ad this week is for these are some of the sodas we like. Hey kids, tired of the bummer news all the time? Treat yourself to a short, refreshing podcast. Join Abby and Bill on These Are Some of the Sodas We Like, as they take some of the strangest and fanciest sodas they can find and give them the fine wine treatment, while definitely goofing off every Wednesday on andbetter.org. Also, check out the archives for celebrity guests like John Roderick, Bill Corbett, and Paul F. Tompkins. That is pretty wild that uh, is. so our our next ad is definitely more of a shameless plug uh but we have yet another show joining the network uh this is pretty exciting this is one that we've sort of uh kind of teased i think a few times talking about you know me asking for help and me kind of taking some risks mm-hmm. uh loyola university new orleans is giving us uh kind of the keys to the castle on a property that the school runs and we're basically going to be running it from here on out. Um, so we'd like to welcome to the network EQ&A. EQ&A is a premier podcast of interviews and panels with uh, music and entertainment industry professionals. These are done in a weekly forum at Loyola University, New Orleans. Uh, the very first episode that's going to be airing, which is actually the day after this episode comes out, which will be March 14th is, is the day of that first episode. Um, it's the first episode that we're releasing includes an interview of Tank, of Tank of the Bangas, and uh, her, uh, her, her manager, Tavia. Uh, and so that's definitely a really fun one. They have a lot of really great chemistry. Yeah. And so there's a lot of really great answers as to like how they got started, sort of how they met, how they got the... It kind of started originally just as Tank, but then what made them say, okay, we need a band. So where do they get the uh, the bangers from, right? Yeah. And uh, it's it's a really great progression. And again, the two of them really work well together. And so it's it's kind of a delight to listen to them talk to, to each other. And uh, they were interviewed by Billy O'Connell. Um, mm. It's a really great interview. And so I'm really excited for that first episode that's going to drop yeah. on the network tomorrow. Um, awesome. And, uh, you know, just like I said earlier, EQ&A is brought to you by Loyola University of New Orleans. It's part of the Scavengers Network. And so, you know, we're very thankful to Loino for giving us this opportunity. Um, so with that being said, I guess it's back to the to the second bottom patty and bread and stuff. What do you say? You want to finish this burger out? Why do you take my jokes from me? Because we Freaky Friday, and so now I have to make the bad jokes. All right, let's get back to Kellen then. I'm trying to find a reason to abandon my peace of mind. I'm trying to find a reason, but I'm running out of time. A second ago, you know, you were talking about um, when you were. Uh, in college and you know almost dropped out and everything like that and you're like why am i getting a degree you know in percussion performance and stuff like that um that was actually something that i was going to ask you about right which was um you know how has that background though as a percussionist played into you know your writing and also your personal like musicality within stack like pancakes oh um well it's it's played in hugely and that's why i'm i'm so glad that i stuck with it and got that damn piece of paper yeah. um <laughs> I, I mean like i i 
when I, so I was writing This Is Us, the second album, uh, when I was still at Towson. And, uh, there are specific, uh, moments musically that I could point out with pretty much every track that I could, uh, I could point out like a second for second marker and, uh, and, and tell you what inspired me to do that. And a lot of ideas are, are, are classically driven. Actually, there's like, um, you know, there's a, there's a firebird suite from Stravinsky moment in, uh, suburban superhero. Mm -hmm. There is, um, Planets, uh, uh, yeah, the planets, uh, Gustav Holst, uh, in uh, Planetary. I mean, just with the name of the song as it is. Right. Um, the, and there are many, many others too. And like with Sharks in the Sky, there might be a, uh, might not be a specific uh, composer, uh, but uh, that's definitely jazz inspired. And I was like, you know, I was learning, I was taking these music theory classes and and musicianship and and training my ear and taking composition lessons. So it all kind of helped me, uh, discover or, or, or at least play with what the, the potential sounds for what stacked like pancakes could, or could sound like. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and if you listen to this is us straight through, I mean, it's a monster album. It's 15 tracks, but every track really is like so different or for the most mm-hmm. part. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are like a few just like, ska songs um but there are many 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 different sounds on that album and uh i think that's a good representation of of me uh uh, of where i was at the time in college uh just learning and taking in all all this information and 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 knowledge and experience with these great teachers uh music teachers that i had um and i think uh getting out of wait did i get off track from the Question. We've been off track the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question again? I, I feel like it was uh, how's you know, your percussion background played into like the writing and also your musicality. Oh, um, so my uh, I, I think where we have a strength with my songwriting and in in the uh, in in re- what helps with rehearsals too is you know I'm a drummer percussionist and I can get. I think that allows for great chemistry between, uh, me and my drummer, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say and argue confidently with anybody that the drummer is the most, uh, most important, uh, sound position voice in, yes. in any band. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And so, uh, I have, I think that chemistry makes us stronger, makes the, makes the, uh, and the, the ability for me to sometimes not even say what I want and Kevin will just know what I'm looking for because of working with me. And, or sometimes if I do say something or sometimes I even hop on the kit myself and play like, this is the groove I'm looking for. Um, right. because it starts with the drums, you know, mm-hmm. and then everybody else can kind of feel it. So that has lent a hand for sure. Uh, you know, behind the scenes in the rehearsal sent- settings for us to, for our music to be stronger um, and more solid over th- over time, I think the biggest compliment that we get is uh, when we talk to people after a show, and I-, I love hearing it from people when they just say, "You guys sounded so tight," yeah, and and that that's that's a token of uh, you know that's a tribute really to our chemistry as a to, for our, for the band as a whole, the seven of us, but also I think between me and Kevin as kind of for me, who is the songwriter and the guy who's coaching the music that I, that I write. And for someone who's 
literally driving the music, uh, uh, sitting behind the kit. Um, but, uh, specifically with songwriting, um, uh, you know, a lot of, I, I, I kind of have a small obsession with my music of, of, I, I like the idea of writing music that, um, is complex when you look at the notes and on the, on a, on a score, on a piece of paper, but right. I, I like mm-hmm. it when uh an audience member or a listener won't know how complex it is yeah i yes. love that i love that it, it, it's a challenge it's a big challenge to write in that way mm-hmm. that we can and it's a part of the writing and it's a equally a part of the performance of it um and so i i i love that about the music that i write and i i think there's like with the re- release that we just put out there you know towards the end of the song the outro it's it's a groove in five four but you know but you can still and then there is like this the, there are these other like nuance like like three eight little uh little blips that happen throughout the song too that mm-hmm. kind of uh play off the lyrical content but the groove is in five four that's really really not typical it does happen grooves like that but not uh-huh. typical at all in mm-hmm. uh, terms of like mainstream music so certainly but it's something that too, you know, it's still in five four, and you can still bob your head to it on the quarter note, and some people won't know the difference. But I, it's funny. I've listened to that song uh, with some people who are not uh, as musically inclined, and it's like I can see in their in their eyes and their face in their expression that they notice that something's off. But it's like it's not off enough for them to be uncomfortable and right. still yeah. listening to the music and enjoying it. So that that I think. It, it really excites me and I, I'm going to continue to kind of embrace that, I guess, like phenomenon that, ha- that can happen with, with music and music patrons. Definitely. So uh, one thing you had mentioned was kind of charting how your growth as a musician was reflected through your like the songs you had written from like one album to the next. So did you find any large changes once you brought on uh, musicians who were trained in jazz and classical like uh, Kevin, you'd mentioned like jazz drummer, you have Mike Bush, who's a jazz guitarist, um, like and how has it affected how you write and approach your music? That's a great question. And actually, um, so I, I think for, for the, the the last like two years first of all the personnel has been largely consistent two mm-hmm. three years um and it was really all the years prior that there was a lot of changeover uh with personnel and that was a bigger struggle struggle than and now i realize it was a bigger struggle than uh than i gave credit to at the time and mm-hmm. but but because of the fact that if the members and personalities that are entering the band are inconsistent and coming and going, there's no room for the chemistry to be built. Yeah. So with someone like Mike, who's trained in, in jazz commercial and Kevin, who's, who's, who's trained in jazz, um, and they're, they're, they're consistent members and they're at every rehearsal and I'm working with them. What I've found has happened over time is the more that I can hear Kevin's style on the drums and his characteristics and his personality on the drums and mm-hmm. Mike's style as a lead guitarist. And, you know, I go to their, I, I went to their recitals too, uh, at, at Towson and could hear them out of context of SLP. Um, because, you know, I, of course they, I support them, they support me and, and we're friends and stuff too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but also to hear how, hear their versatility and hear their abilities out of, outside of the context of SLP. And that was really important. And actually what's happened is 
I, there are, Mike is, Mike's role specifically for this new album, he is, he is actually a lead guitarist on this album and he's Mm. playing lead guitar parts. Yeah. Whereas before on This Is Us, there were so few lead guitar parts. He was often like just doubling what I was doing or just playing guitar when I wasn't playing guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it's a big difference. And now I'm playing guitar and I'm playing keyboards and now I'm, I'm able to write great lead parts for Mike. Not be, not solely because, uh, you know, it's just, well, my songwriting has grown and I'm more confident in doing that, but mostly because he's such a great guitarist and our chemistry is built to where I, I, instead of writing for a lead guitarist, I'm writing for Mike Bush. Instead of writing for a drummer, I'm writing for Kevin Gordon, you know? Yeah. So, uh, that, that has been a, a very exciting development over time. And, uh, you know, that's where our, just our great chemistry that has been built continues to grow and it's only going to make the, the, the music better. Definitely. And it also seems like as you get to know the characteristics of these musicians, like, well, you know how um, the Kevin's characteristics, you know, Mike's characteristics, you know how to best write in order to bring out those strengths, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Uh, so you guys are about to head out on tour for Strange Creatures. Um, so what are those dates and what are some of the cities you guys are going to hit on uh, on this part of the tour? So it's the uh, Strange Creatures preview tour. So it's not like the CD release tour. Right, right, right. Um, but uh, a lot of the cities are cities that we've hit before. So we're excited to continue to grow with our families that, that we have there. But some cities are cities that we actually haven't played in in about two years, um, including Philly and New York. We're going to Brooklyn. Um and then we're going down to Nashville and Atlanta and Orlando. Orlando, it's been uh, a while, I think, since last spring or something like that. Um, and uh, then we're kind of uh, coming back up north for a launch music conference that I mentioned in Lancaster. Yeah. Then we're headed out west a ways, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Cleveland, Chicago, Burnsville, where we have like probably one of our biggest followings in the country hmm, nice. in, hmm. in, in just outside of Minneapolis, Minnesota, not even kidding. We played there. Interesting. We played there on uh, like a Monday or a Tuesday on our last tour. And it was like almost 150 people that showed up. Wow. It was insane. Um, and then uh, Madison, Wisconsin, St. Louis, Newport, Kentucky, Raleigh, and then we're ending in Baltimore. Fantastic. Nice. So you mentioned there's this is like a preview tour. So is there a second half of the tour? Yes. Uh, so this is preview tour part one. We're planning part two to get to uh, the West Coast and uh, Northwest and make our way back east. We're going to hit Colorado, too. Nice. Um, and starting in Texas, I believe. Ooh, but wow. part two will be in um, July. Cool. And actually, this is probably something we should have asked before, so apologies on our part, but what does the name Strange Creatures come from? Yeah, and you know, uh, it's, it's, it's actually, well, Strange Creatures, I, I came up with the idea for to write a song called Strange Creatures, but mm-hmm. this is before This Is Us was even an idea. So mm-hmm. uh, we're talking um, six years ago or something yeah. that I, oh. I, I wrote the single strange creatures 
And, uh, and then I, I just, I, I knew, I brought the song to a rehearsal mm-hmm. and, uh, I played it just solo for my guys and, uh, it was just a nice moment. And once I kind of showed it to them, I knew I was so confident in how good of a song it was that I was like, yeah, I need to pocket this and save it for the right time and yeah. save it for later. So, right. um, as I was it was just kind of like sitting in the back of my mind for honestly years um i it really just developed uh, as like what if this was the main focus the central like the focal point for an album and i i I am i i was like strange creatures the album strange creatures i just kept saying it to myself over time and it just kind of developed into like there's nothing else that it could possibly be called. It has to be called Strange Creatures. Yeah. Um, so it's not like any any one event or something kind of hap- uh, inspired uh, the name. It just really, just like so many other things, it just kind of came to me. Um, and it is what it is. Awesome. Wow. Awesome. Um, so I think that that's probably going to be where we leave it at for this week. Um, but before we go, Kellen, where can people find you? Where can people find the band? And also, of course, more information on the upcoming album. Yeah. So, um, well, my username for all socials is Kellen Cake. Uh, so you can hit me up on everything uh, through that way. Uh, and then the band's is SL Pancakes. Um, and for the new album, uh, our Kickstarter is currently live and uh, there are 40 something days left uh and actually we're we have like over 200 people that have already pre-ordered the album through our kickstarter kickstarter so um so definitely uh you know contribute to the kickstarter um and you can find the link all littered all over our socials so please help us out uh because this album really only is going to happen uh as long as the kickstarter is funded uh that's no joke we really we don't have a record label we're doing this ourselves but we need the funds to continue to do so and those funds either need to come from a record label or they can come from our fans in 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 small amounts to create the funds necessary to put together an album with a multi-platinum record producer so um please contribute to the kickstarter and uh help strange creatures come to life absolutely we'll put that link in the um the show notes as well so you know on your phone or wherever you're listening to the podcast you will be able to find the url um it is smarturl.it slash or backslash i guess strange creatures um and uh, we're at the time of recording, we're just barely under 20% of the way to the goal um, with 48 days left again at the time of recording. So um, make sure you go check it out. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this is, you know, obviously the different packages uh, at the time of recording. So who knows, this could probably change by the time this comes out. But there are two platinum um two platinum levels left yes the platinum level gets you uh the vinyl it gets you an album it gets you a second copy of the album which is autographed uh obviously gets you the digital and it also gives you a couple pieces of um uh some kind of basically personalized slp uh uh uh, attire like logo shirt and button sticker pack and uh, also an exclusive uh, autograph poster so there's a lot of really great stuff on that so there's two of those left yeah um but at the end of the day there's a lot all, all the pro or not programs i'm sorry all the the um the pledge the pledge levels are incredible um it's just ten dollars 
uh, just to pre-order the exactly. album itself. Yeah. So you know, it's 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 a fantastic thing. Uh, we'll also link in the description "Hollow," the single that th- that they've already released, um, and you definitely should give that a listen. Yeah, great. So here's the point where we turn really selfish and start doing shameless plugs and stuff. So um, please be sure to check out our other shows here on the Scavengers Network, such as Culture Shock, our news, reviews, and interviews video series about the arts world. Or if you're looking for more podcasts, try our other great shows on the network, like State Your Case or Historical Hotties. Uh, for Culture Shock, just a couple weeks ago, we released uh, an episode where we uh, I sat down with for an interview with Kevin Gorin, who we've already mentioned yeah. in this episode as well. So you should you should go check it out. There's also links to the uh, album pre order and to Hollow in, in there as well. Um, and you can find those video series and others on our YouTube. Um, and then all of our podcasts are on basically every podcasting app that you can imagine. Um, and uh, if you're looking for more information or more behind-the-scenes conversations on the music industry, uh, be sure to check out our newest podcast on the network that premieres uh, the day after this episode comes out. Uh, the show is called EQ&A, uh, and it's basically all sorts of interviews, panels, forums, stuff like that from Loyola University, New Orleans um, Music Industry Forum class. Um, now, if you want to find me, you'll find me on Twitter at Colin M. Parker. You can find me on Twitter at Tale Zero or French at Music, and you can find both of us at ScavengersNet. All right, so our next episode will be coming out on March the 27th. Thank you so much for joining us here on Journey Under 30. Once again, I'm Colin Parker. And I'm Alex Taylor. And I'm Callan McKay. I'll see you on the Forbes listings, guys. And I'll see you on the billboard charts. Sometimes I choke.